Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to welcome a very, very senior professional manager, Shekhar Vishwanathan. Shekhar, welcome to the show. Shekhar, uh, till recently, was the vice chairman of Toyota Kirloskar. He has spent time with Haldia Petrochemicals, with Lazar Brothers, Chase Manhattan Bank and the Unit Trust of India. And he's very passionate about golf, bridge and swimming. So Shekhar, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? Uh, the, the career part is a little more tough to pick okay. because I've had challenges all through. We all have, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I can certainly tell you a little more about my life and sure. life's teachings has been more valuable to me. Okay. Uh, and in the progression of my career also, mm -hmm. I would think. Mm -hmm. um, the first is, of course, a very sad incident that happened when I was uh, very young, mm -hmm. uh, when I was all of uh, 15 years uh, of age. Mm -hmm. um, I lost my dad oh, sorry uh, to, a, to an air accident. Okay. So, so, so that was a big setback. Mm -hmm. But it also does teach you a lot about life and mm -hmm. teaches you about how to come to terms with uh, with something as uh, cataclysmic as that. Correct. Uh, and, and of course, I think uh, I have matured over the years mm. uh, with that uh, experience mm. and, uh, you know, dealing with people and uh, uh, learning to make certain sacrifices. At the same time, I must tell you that uh, I think the world has also been a very good place to me. Mm. Mm. So that was one. Okay. Uh, the the one which had a more direct bearing on my career, so to speak, mm -hmm. or my knowledge of finance, or the mm -hmm. more practical knowledge of finance was, uh, you know, um, I sold some property which I should not have sold, mm -hmm. but that was partly driven by economics. Mm -hmm. And then the moment I sold it, I realized mm -hmm. that that was a disastrous decision. Okay. And then I made one more disastrous decision. Uh -huh. Uh, of trying to build a house uh -huh. for myself. Okay. And then I realized that, uh, you know, the capital disappears pretty quickly. I agree. <laughs> so, and, and an incomplete project is as good as not having started it Absolutely. at all. And then, in fact, you are poorer for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I had a house which didn't have banisters, which didn't have any painting. And, but we, luckily, I, I got to the stage where we had a roof over our heads okay. and the electricity connection. <laughs> right. But these are all, you know, uh, practical examples mm. of how to manage your finances, mm. both on the personal level and in and, and at a corporate level. Correct. As to what is, you know, I mean, these are the fundamental building blocks, mm. if you can, uh, uh, you know, call it that. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the third, um, you know, definite career uh, progression that um, that that happened was, mm. I mean, two things actually, and these were these were in my formative years. Mm. Uh, one was, of course, when I was with the Unit Trust of India. Mm -hmm. I think we had a lot, large number of deputationists from the Reserve Bank of India. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, order and method is what they taught us. Mm -hmm. It may have sounded very bureaucratic to some. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do think that any organization needs that kind of discipline, which the Reserve Bank of India uh, had or even still now has. Sure. And I think uh, I'm the richer for it. Fabulous. There have been many people who have taught me many things, mm. uh, and and therefore uh, that has been that was very useful. Mm. The other thing was with the Chase Manhattan Bank, mm. where 
you know, I thought that all that was there to a to a company was its balance sheet. Mm. Um, I mean, how wrong I was. Mm. Um, you know, they sent me for credit training mm-hmm. uh, uh, to Hong Kong, where they normally uh, do send uh, their uh, staffers. Sure. And uh, for me, it was a huge learning because I couldn't afford to do an MBA. Mm. And it was a huge learning from the point of view of assessing a company, a group of companies, mm. uh, not just in terms of their balance sheet and uh, uh, P&L, okay. but in terms of the business, their marketing strategy, what kind of financial products you'll fashion for them, mm. how you will price them, and how will you identify the different risks. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge learning for me. Correct. And then in, in, a, in many ways, it transformed me. Mm. Maybe it may be... Maybe it made me even more arrogant mm. that I, I kind of suddenly knew everything, okay. <laughs> which which I didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but anyway, as you that grow, is... you learn. Hmm. You learn that uh, you have to. So you know, after spending so many years in the financial world, if I can say, Unit Trust, Chase Manhattan, Lazard, uh, you moved out of that into industry and then into automobiles. What? Tell me about that journey. Okay, um, I would, uh, you know, I would like to tell you mm. uh, that uh, it was all planned. But let me tell you, nothing can be further from the truth. Okay, <laughs> it was not planned at all. Okay, okay. but uh, it was driven more by circumstance. Mm. Um, I had uh, got to a stage where, when I, by the time I joined Haldia Petrochemicals. Mm. I had seen enough of uh, both domestic and international finance. Mm -hmm. That was a project that called for about $1.4 billion in financing. Mm -hmm. And I had both the opportunity and uh, and the goodwill Mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen in part. Of course, obviously supported by everybody else. Uh, And, um, you know, it got to a stage where Calcutta was, was very welcoming of me as an individual. Okay. But I felt at that stage that my family wouldn't be able to settle down there. Mm. And my wife, uh, uh, she had a good job going over here. Mm. And the children were in school. So I said, I've got to make a choice. Either it's my career mm. or it's my family. And I chose Correct. the family. Very good. So, but, but obviously, I didn't want to come to a, you know, uh, I didn't want it to be a kind of jailbreak mm. out of uh, Calcutta. Mm. Uh, I wanted to come to a good job. Mm-hmm. And in this respect, my my boss uh, in Calcutta, the Chatterjee Group, mm-hmm. Dr. Purnindu Chatterjee mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. team, they helped me uh, find a suitable assignment here. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, they did introduce me to Mr. Vikram Kirloskar, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the rest is history, as they rest say. The rest is history. <laughs> Very good. So that's a great segue to my next segment, which is Toyota Kirloskar. You know, my first question to you is, uh, and it's a more generic uh, question. What is it about cars that gets adrenaline and hormone levels up so much? Well, uh, let me tell you, for me, Hmm. it doesn't get my adrenaline levels up at all. Okay. In terms of its styling, its comfort, its luxuries, its technology, etc. Because... I mean, I do appreciate it, but I don't, uh, it doesn't really drive me. But let mm. me tell you what drives me. Mm. Uh, and because I'm a student of economics as well, I did my graduation in economics mm. and I've been following uh, the world economy and the Indian economy. Almost everywhere I find that it's the auto sector that drives the economy. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, in this respect uh, you know for a manufacturer mm. uh, it's the amount of profit per car correct and that's 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 a very very important metric mm. for the government it's the amount of taxes per car mm. that they can raise mm. because it's a very important component that feeds into their budget correct for the individual mm. it's the kilometers per uh, you know liter uh, or you know correct. or uh. or the uh, usage of the car mm. that will that will uh, take mm. there mm. so i find that um, the car industry mm. generally the automobile industry but particularly the car and two wheeler industry drives the population mm. it creates jobs which is a very very important uh, you know metric mm. for anybody who's attempting to steer the economy Hmm. uh and in this respect uh, i think the golden quadrilateral when um, prime minister bajpai announced it hmm. was a boon to india hmm. and and i do think uh, that that kind of set the stage for uh, you know a, a take off of the hmm. automobile sector hmm. so in terms of adrenaline i want to be very very clear with you <laughs> and with everybody so what drives me is these uh, parameters and these metrics so it, it does get your economic adrenaline up then yes there it is so let's talk to yota i mean you know this is an organization that has always fascinated me from the outside i mean i want to have cars here overseas uh, what do you do differently in toyota that makes you the market leader everywhere well um, there are lots of people who would say we are not the market leader in india and that's a mm-hmm. fact <laughs> Okay. But uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm going to leave Suzuki out of it. You know, okay, because you know they've been here forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it's fair to say that uh, that Toyota is a market leader almost everywhere. Correct. Um, in India, of course, we have not had the kind of success, but that's for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Not uh, uh, can't blame the Indian market. You mm-hmm. cannot blame Toyota. Uh, Toyota is geared to make uh, the bigger cars. Mm-hmm. uh the indian market's uh, tax structure is weighted toward the small car small car segment yeah. mm-hmm. so but but if you observe even in uh, a country like india mm-hmm. if you look at the uh, air multi utility vehicle segment mm-hmm. uh, innova is by far the leader absolutely okay and in certain segments uh, uh, when the corolla was here we were leading that segment mm-hmm. so there are segments we lead Hmm. and and those are the cars we make hmm. now lots of people say why can't toyota make a small car and uh, my response to that is uh, he's making a small car so i should make a small car i mean that's hmm. not the hmm. way toyota thinks correct we like to bring certain value propositions hmm. to the hmm. market and i think when we introduced the qualis in 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 india hmm. uh, there were even there was even an editorial which suggested that toyota brings outdated technology correct okay but the but by the time we were ready to phase it out hmm. people were asking why are you taking away such a good car absolutely <laughs> and it was a rage yeah <laughs> even yeah. today lots of people say we made a big mistake by not continuing with that absolutely. car absolutely but it's a it's it's a longer story yeah? longer than the 30 minutes that you were allotted <laughs> absolutely no i remember but, uh, I remember but let me tell you the the other two reasons why i think mm. toyota is a success uh, mm. globally one is they have uh, they've been able to build volume Hmm. on the back of quality okay okay and uh, having built that volume volume begets volume and it gives you uh, uh, control over your pricing structure hmm. Hmm. and therefore you are able to price that much more accurately hmm. 
it also gives you a little bit of leeway in terms of uh, dollar spent uh, in terms of advertising etc okay so 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 there has been a judicious mix of how much you spend on your on, on the marketing dollar mm-hmm. and uh, and how much you spend towards building the product mm-hmm. and ultimately uh, it's the customer who, who counts okay it's not the government it's not the manufacturer it's not your supply chain it's the mm. customer he makes the decision he votes with his wallet mm. okay so you know now let's talk about what's happening in the in the auto industry and one major change that seems to be happening is elect- electronic vehicles where does toyota stand on this and where do you as a as a senior auto professional stand on this Okay uh, let me first tell you uh, where Toyota stands on this i mean this is something that may not be very well known mm. but at one stage uh, uh, tesla had partnered with uh, toyota okay uh, to build electric vehicles and they were successfully built mm-hmm. uh, they built i think a mix of both uh, electric and hybrid okay um at that point there came a break in that relationship mm. uh where uh, tesla felt that they had to go electric mm. uh toyota felt they could go electric and hybrid mm. uh and therefore uh, they went their respective ways mm. uh toyota has a slew of electric vehicle products okay which are being launched mm-hmm. uh, even as we speak mm. in different markets around the world okay but i don't want to jump the gun because you know they they sure. would have launched some of these products at the Tokyo Olympics mm. uh and you know the uh, products like um, uh, like a transportation vehicle mm. uh which is called the e-pallet which mm. you can see it on the uh, Toyota website mm. uh are products that they were ready to launch unfortunately mm. because of the pandemic and sure. the covid you know the olympics got postponed mm. but the, all that said i think uh, toyota completely understands the place of electric vehicles and mm. the overall uh, mobility panorama mm. uh, and i think uh, they they know what it takes uh, to make an electric vehicle okay uh, the the short answer is mm. anybody can make an electric vehicle mm. but how many can make a success of an electric vehicle as a business correct model? yes that is the, the challenge that toyota has mm. and and toyota by nature being conservative mm. will go in steadily into each market mm. and let me tell you they have some wonderful products i'm sure I'm okay sure. Uh, so so that's where they stand on electric vehicles okay my own personal take on mm. on this mm. as far as india is concerned mm. is we need to encourage all forms of mobility Hmm. all uh, all tech forms it it can be uh, electric it can hmm. be hybrid it can be hydrogen it can be pure gasoline hmm. uh today uh, you know crude prices are on the boil and therefore hmm. uh, petrol prices are going up and hmm. therefore there will be a shift towards electric vehicles hmm. but there will come a time when you know uh, crude oil prices go down hmm. and therefore the shift will then take place again towards hybrid and uh, and okay. certainly towards gasoline vehicles hmm. Hmm. now the important point to understand is unlike in the united states mm. where people are typically own two to three cars mm. and one of them will always be and could always be an electric vehicle mm. uh, in india we don't have that kind of luxury correct you buy one vehicle mm. 
and that has to serve all your needs. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there is an inbuilt limitation in the market uh, space for electric vehicles. Of course, the usual other arguments are there. There's lack of charging infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get your lithium and, and other uh, rare earth materials from? Mm-hmm. These are topics for a much bigger debate, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to do, but not in this forum. I agree with you. And so one more question from a market perspective. The younger people, the millennials and the Gen Zs are changing the paradigm for the brands all over the world. What are the millennials and Gen Zs doing the car business in India? They're not buying. Well, uh, I think uh, there are uh, quite a few things that have happened. Mm. One is, of course, uh, the advent of Uber, Ola, etc., etc. Shared mobility Mm. uh, and things like that. Uh, which is a good uh, development because it just uh, helps you make better use of your assets, Mm. whether it's owned in the public domain or in the private domain. Mm. If it's owned more in the public domain, then of course the revenues to the government will fall. Mm. If it's owned in the private domain, the revenues to the government will be secured. Mm. But then how many people can then afford it? Correct. And and today the youngsters don't see a car as a status symbol mm. the way uh, you know we aspired for it when we were Absolutely much younger. Absolutely right. Yes. Okay. But but that's that's what it, the, the, that's how it is, mm. and you have to accept it. But there's one other aspect mm. that's impacting the car market. Okay. Uh, and that is the advent of the internet. Mm. Today a customer is able to see what car he wants, see all the features, everything. So he's kind of already made up his mind Mm. to buy a particular vehicle before he walks into the showroom. Mm. And when he walks into the showroom, as long as he confirms that those features are what stated in the website Mm. and in the the videos that he sees and the commentaries that's written Mm. and in the social media, uh, he's already made his decision. Mm. This is not the case earlier where, you know, cultivating a customer only began by footfalls in the, Mm. uh, in the showroom. Okay. Okay. There's another development that you uh, that I would like to just articulate very quickly. And this mm. has been actually pioneered to some extent by Tesla. Mm. Uh, they didn't have uh, dealerships. Now, uh, they said we will sell direct to the customer. Mm. Now, that's another business model that's in the offing. Mm. And with the internet, that could gain uh, more traction okay. globally. Mm. It has two impacts. One is on the employment. Mm. Because then you don't need all these showrooms. And if you don't need these showrooms, you need some showrooms and workshops. Mm. But if you if, if that number halves, then think what will happen to the real estate space. Okay. So, you know, it's it's got more ramifications Absolutely. than can be discussed. Absolutely. In this, uh, Absolutely. I agree. So I've got time now for a few questions. Uh, let me ask you the next question, which is, you know, as someone who spent so much time in industry and so much time in manufacture, What are some of the core values you believe in? Well, I think uh, uh, loyalty is one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you must be loyal to the cause. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when when somebody may recruit you, for Mm -hmm. for example, and they say we are hiring you for this purpose, Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, you should also be wedded to the objective of the organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's something that's uh, very valuable to the uh, uh, to the organization concerned. Okay. Okay. Uh, because otherwise, the whole planning process gets uh, vitiated, hmm. particularly staffing, human resources, etc. Hmm. And I think I put a lot of uh, faith by uh, by loyalty. Okay. In, in this sense, hmm. 
no you know you can't take loyalty to the other extreme and say you know even if the boss says uh, <laughs> do unspeakable things you do it <laughs> that's not the kind of loyalty i'm, I'm with you about. completely i'm with you loyalty to the objective loyalty to finishing a project Correct. loyalty to timelines mm-hmm. that's what i mean very well said so uh, shekhar i've got time for two maybe three questions for you personally now uh, for someone who has seen you know so much uh, in the last i'm assuming four decades because that's i think you and i are the same vintage uh from where you stand today what does success mean to you well well uh that's a that's a very very difficult question in fact uh, it is that's why i had to you. i had to uh, uh, do a lot of uh, thinking on this mm. see success uh, to me to me means when somebody seeks out your opinion mm. and doesn't take your advice mm. Uh, to me that is success because the very fact that he's reached out to you get got your opinion mm. he may disagree with you okay to me that is success because you know, i must tell you this is the first time i've heard this and it makes so much sense someone who reaches out to you but does not take your advice yes and wow. and i've had that happen to me uh, quite a few times in fact often times mm. uh in some cases i've been proved right in some cases i've been proven wrong okay but but that's not the point the point is that when somebody has reached out to you that means they respect you they value your judgment mm. your opinion and i think these are the things that uh, to me defines success Fantastic. in either your career or your life or your interactions in uh, with society fantastic and a follow up question from that is that who or what inspires you Okay um let me tell you i am not inspired by any one individual in toto sure. you know, meaning i don't hero worship and i don't sure. encourage that sure but there are several individuals throughout my career mm-hmm. who have inspired me by the way they have handled situations mm-hmm. by the way they have reacted mm-hmm. uh by the way uh they have handled other human beings and uh, by their um, uh by the values they have practiced mm. now in in all cases the individuals concerned there are some practices that they adopted which i did not definitely approve of but that doesn't mean that they are wrong in every respect mm. in some respects they've been very good examples to follow mm. so you take the good from uh, whoever you come across mm. Mm. so that has been the way i have uh, sought to inspire myself and to keep myself on track wonderful My next question to you uh, Shekhar is on failure and I love asking this question I have a new book coming out on failure next month I've always had this hypothesis that parents in India or South Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns because we've been taught first ana hai head of the queue etc etc yet we fail and we learn my question to you is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes well um i've obviously made mistakes uh, uh, you know uh, yeah. in my life and uh, uh, obviously i have uh, in the particularly in the initial part of my life mm-hmm. uh, my interpersonal skills were not what it ought, ought to have been mm-hmm. but i diligently practiced it mm-hmm. and i sought to improve relationships not just with uh, uh, my bosses or my subordinates mm-hmm. but also with your peer group Mm. 
So, you know, you've got to have, uh, you've got to be able to manage downward, manage upward, manage sideward. Mm. That's my answer. Okay, great answer. Um, my next question is my last question. You know, this is for the thousands of young people who will listen to all your words of wisdom. Uh, for someone who has risen it all right to the very top, what would you advise some young individuals who are starting off on their corporate career? Yeah, I, I think uh, this is another question that I, I think um, uh, is, is it's a very important one. Mm. And one of the things that I learned and why I, you know, the inspiration question that you asked me, mm. uh, I have seen some of my seniors, mm. uh, the way they would command resources. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, if there was a polymer engineer who was required mm. uh, to be drawn into the organization. Mm. Uh, I remember my, the managing director of uh, one of the companies mm. where I was, mm. uh, he would just pick up the phone, talk to somebody and say, is so-and-so free to join us? Mm. Can you check with him? Mm. And sure enough, that gentleman would call back and say, yes, uh, if you're there, sir, I will join. Mm. And you know, so the, why I'm relating the story at some, uh, mm. uh, in, in some depth and length mm. is because my advice to, to the younger folk is build a team. Mm. The team may not be with you all, all through your life. Correct. But they will be in different organizations. They may be in different functions. They may be in different continents. Mm. But, but they will come to your help when you need it. Wonderful. And when you assume a position of responsibility, you can't go around building a team from scratch. Okay. You okay. should have a team uh, ready-made. Mm. Also, in an organization, in fact, uh, this is something I would uh, I advise to a lot of my uh, younger colleagues mm. uh, in Toyota and elsewhere. Build a team in the organization itself so that when you go to the next level of responsibility, mm. these people are loyal to you, loyal to the cause, mm. and you're able to get the best out of them. Wonderful. Wonderful. Shekhar, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thank you for such a, a vast range of answers to all my questions. And thank you for sharing such amazing experiences. I wish you lots of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.